Welcome to Chit Chat and Chai with your host, R.C. Mala and Ritu. Welcome, friends, to this episode of Chit Chat and Chai. We hope you're all having an awesome week. This is a really special episode as we are going to celebrate love and acceptance by honoring Pride Month. Pride Month is meant to remember the years of struggle the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer community have had to go through to gain civil rights and social equality. It also aims to celebrate the excellence, achievements, and stories of the LGBTQ members. Even though we now have many laws and protections for the LGBTQ community, they still face stigma, hate crimes, and unacceptance by many in the society, and some even by their family, relatives, and peers. We are going to try and bring awareness to the challenges faced in coming out and ways we as parents, friends, and society can help those facing bigotry and alleviate myths surrounding homosexuality. We will try to learn how we can stop being heteronormative and making the incorrect assumption that being so-called normal means being heterosexual. As you will hear in this episode, being gay is not abnormal or a choice. Sexuality is not black and white, and those who identify in the LGBTQ community are as normal as heterosexual individuals. Some people may be uncomfortable with this thought, but the sooner we understand that this is a reality, the faster society can move on to many more pressing issues like climate change and gun control. We are honored and privileged to have Dr. Neil Vyas with us, who will talk to us about his own journey and how he overcame the prejudices he had to get to overcome. Hopefully by the end of this episode, we can all celebrate love. And if you happen to be a parent, aunt, uncle, grandparent, etc., of someone in the LGBTQ community, you can be proud of them and celebrate Pride Month with them. Welcome, Neil, to this episode of Chit Chat and Chai. We are truly honored and so happy that you agreed to join us. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Neil. I grew up in Orange County. I come from a family of physicians. So my parents and two older brothers and a little sister were all in medicine. And one of my passions early on that I developed was singing. So that's my other thing I like to do. Um, I actually sing with the Gaiman's Chorus of Los Angeles. So that's my hobby um, that keeps me sane and lets my creative outlet go. And that's something that I love doing. Apart from medicine, I work as an ophthalmologist right now at Kaiser Permanente in the Los Angeles area. Um, I live in Hollywood with my husband. We recently got married in September and had a beautiful wedding. And um, we are actually expecting our first child. Wow. And- wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank wonderful. you. That's happening. Um, our little baby boy is going to be due in October. And we have a surrogate who's in Orange County who's, um, you know, carrying our child and helping us start our family oh so nice i hope it's october 14th because that's my birthday it's exactly october 14th actually what are the eyes i love that (laughs) Um, it's gonna be a wonderful baby just i i can tell you that anything like mala i swear oh yeah you've got trouble trouble on your hands (laughs) good trouble good trouble we're ready we're ready for it oh nice yeah were you born in this country neil Yes, I was born in 
in the LA area. So I've been here basically my whole life. Okay. Um, I traveled, I lived in Boston for three years and I did my residency and otherwise I've been here the rest of the time. So, so cowboy, <laughs> born okay. and raised. Neil, at what age did you first understand that you were gay and what were your feelings at that time? Um, you know, I think that different LGBT people have different journeys, um, but my journey was very, I feel like it started at a very young age. I always kind of knew growing up that something was a little bit different, that I just didn't quite feel or was interested or kind of had the same sort of level the interest, yeah, interest as interest. my classmate uh, yeah as my classmates as my peers and I didn't quite know what it meant but I just knew I didn't quite fit in and you know over time over I think when I was in elementary school I already started to understand that okay I'm different I you start to hear you know your classmates start to use the word gay and you start to learn from a very young age that that's something that you don't want to be or that's something that's negative and so while I started to understand probably when I was around like 10 years old 8 9 10 11 years old that I was maybe gay I also understood from a very young age that that was something that I must keep a secret because it's something that would could threaten my happiness in a way um, and you, and, you, and it, when you're so young, you don't quite know why you must keep something a secret, but you just know you have to because you know that you're not, this isn't something that's going to go over well. And instead, it makes you feel like it brings in a bit of a fear, brings a little bit of loneliness, and knowing that it threatens your safety and security. And so for that, for that reason, you know, even though I knew something was there, I didn't quite express it or investigate it further. Um, and it, yeah, it would be probably what 10 years after that, that I actually would ever tell anybody else. Wow. Was there anybody that you felt you could go to? That age? No, I honestly don't think there was anybody in my life that was, that would be able to listen to that. That'd be comfortable telling that, that I felt was a safe space for that. You know, and I think back then it was times were different that was probably like the early 90s or mid 90s so there wasn't really representation on tv and there wasn't really a dialogue about this there wasn't in society really people talking about it, especially in the south asian community so there wasn't anyone to go to or to seek out and you're too young to really seek out like you know therapy or counselors or right. external resources that are not in your immediate vicinity yeah Okay. Um, unfortunately, RC was having some uh, internet issues and she's trying to log back on. So I'm just going to pick it up from here. But do you wish someone in your family would have talked about sexuality at a younger age and not think of the subject as taboo? Oh, yeah. Totally. That would have changed my childhood. You know, I think Indian families in general, we don't like to talk about sexuality of any kind homosexuality right. heterosexuality we don't talk about sex we don't talk about anything like that you know our our families are so focused on education right yes. go through school do well do all these things go play on the tennis team go be a star pianist and do xyz and then you get to a certain point where you're in college you finish graduate school and all of a sudden you're like okay all right, now the next thing is to get married. And you're like, well, I never was encouraged to date. I was encouraged to like explore that self and all of a sudden I have to get married. So it's a little interesting yeah. how, you know, the South Asian community really view, like 
views relationships and sexuality at all, but especially for somewhat of an alternative sexuality. Um, yeah, if I if someone would have talked about it, it would have helped at least those feelings that I had about feeling different and other and knowing that something was wrong me and feeling more lonely. It could have helped alleviate some of that and at least help me process some of those feelings from a younger age. You know, my my older brothers, they when I was growing up, they would make fun of gay people. Like that was just like what young boys did, you know, and it was something that even though they were kind of just joking, I remember those words would stick with me because I'm like, oh, I think I'm that and they're making fun of those people. So I probably should, you know, hide what I am so they don't figure out that I am too. So instead of like talking about it, it kind of pushes you more into the closet. Um, and I remember like when in California back in 2000, this is before Prop 8, but in 2000, California passed its first ban on gay marriage. And I was 16 at the time. And I wasn't out, but I was starting to, you know, I was a little bit older. I was starting to think more about it. And my parents told me that they were voting for the ban. And I tried to press them on it and you know, say, you know, but why? Let's talk about it. But I really couldn't because I didn't want to out myself in the process. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't in my journey to, to do that to them. But the fact that they were going to vote for this ban really affected me at that point, too. And so, you know, if, if I had grown up in a world where tolerance, acceptance, respect towards the LGBT community was more prevalent growing up, it would have definitely made me feel a bit more supported, less afraid, and probably would have allowed me to come out earlier in life. It makes me feel sad to hear. It does too. And I just, you know, and I'm hoping this podcast will relay this message that we have just got to get over this freaking social status that Indian, um, Asian people are just value so much over your own family and loved ones. This shit has just got to stop. Sorry, it just makes me so mad. Um, and we all have a long ways to go. We're, I'm sure, equally guilty in some ways also. Um, but at least we're trying, you know, and we're like um, learning and we're like constantly being aware and keeping an open mind. So um, that actually leads to the next question. Yeah, what kind of changes can we do within the South Asian community and support-wise, um, family, friends, um, anybody, support groups? You know, I think every part of our society has the responsibility to take care of its youth. One thing we really need to do a better job of across the board is making our youth feel more loved and more respected, regardless of whether we're LGBT or have a disability or, you know, aren't good at math, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't want to be a doctor, don't want to yeah. be an engineer. Um, we have to, every part of our society has that responsibility to our kids to make them feel more loved, make them feel more accepted, and just foster this inclusiveness, right? And everything that we do, um, everyone can work on. It's yeah. fostering a sense of inclusiveness that will allow kids to feel less afraid and less alone and less different. So I think Ritu, sorry, didn't you say that, you, I mean, and I think a lot of the younger cousins that I meet with their children, they're very, um, they don't try to generalize a gender and it's very open. So it's really just probably our generation that needs to start learning how to do that because you had a comment, remember once? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm learning a lot from my 
children, you know, when I would say things and they would say, mom, that's very heteronormative. Why are you saying something um, and making an assumption? And I would be like, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. And now I've become much more aware. If I am talking um, to a little girl or boy, I'm not necessarily going to say, oh, you know, well, you're going to have a beautiful wedding and your prince is going to come on a horse to a girl. I'm going to say your partner or whoever you love because that now will stop making that child feel when she's at that age or he's at that age of understanding who he is that oh mom is expecting me to bring a prince or a princess and uh -uh, i don't feel that way so there must be something wrong with me and i think it really has to start from a very young age um and realize that you know it's these little little things that become the seed of a big issue in, in another person's life as they move on if we don't realize that you know we've got to correct it now um totally and i and i commend you on that and it's it's so difficult to do but it's also so necessary to do um and it's even for me right like there's new terminology and new things that we're constantly thinking about and ways to to fight gender norm you know gender norms and and continuing to and foster that inclusive dialogue so that way you're not making assumptions in everything that you say and i love that this new generation is pushing yes. you know the rest of us to yes keep moving forward in that sense and i think the main point is just being able to have that dialogue not allowing it to when your daughter brings it up you know hey don't be so heteronormative think oh okay let's talk about how i am instead of just being oh this is silly um this is not important like actually listening to them and say why how am i being heteronormative and how how is my dialogue how can it be more inclusive because again as a south asian community we don't like to talk about these things we don't like to talk about sexuality but we need to we can't feel uncomfortable at all at all times we also can't keep feeling shame and worrying about what other people think you know parents of gay kids need to feel proud of their children they need to express that publicly if they aren't, the message that they're sending to their child and to their community is that they're not proud of them, there's something wrong with them. And having that openness about it, you know, and I think that's one of the, you know, like what more can the South Asian community do is I think when they do have experience with LGBT children or community or whoever, they need to talk about it. Like it's just another part of conversation. So when they're talking to their friends, like, oh, I was talking to, you know, my son's gay friend or whatever and just bringing it up instead of like oh i shouldn't talk about that because what will my friend think if i was talking to you know another gay child and but if you normalize it then it becomes normal and then now that friend now that friend of your parents will now also think about it in a more normal way you know it's just yeah. it's just like open dialogue I mean, and that's what we're hoping and that's what we're hoping this podcast is going to help at least people Yes. at least light a little spark plug in their head and just say just be a little bit more open it's not going to happen overnight these changes but mm -hmm. at least be a little bit more receptive i think we have rc back yeah. <laughs> internet issues <laughs> i know you had a beautiful wedding what was that day like for you lots of emotions about weddings still we got married in santa barbara oh lovely um, yeah it was a gorgeous day my husband and i we were we went there when we were very young, early dating, and we love that city, so it was very special for us. And it was a nice little getaway from LA, but still close enough. Um, and we did a, a sort of like 
hybrid. My husband is Jewish, and so we did a hybrid cultural Indian Jewish wedding, but secular. Um, and we basically took the parts of each culture that were important to us mm-hmm. and incorporated that in, and then threw out the rule book and said, you know, we don't have to do this because this is what the Hindu faith tells you you need to do, or this is what the Jewish faith tells you need to do. Like, we want to do this because it's meaningful to us and who we are, and we wanted to personalize every part of our ceremony, every part of our weekend. And, you know, we were very proud of kind of what we came up with. My sister actually was our officiant, so we didn't have a pandit or a rabbi. That's beautiful. And she's the one who knew us both, you know, very well. She's my best friend, and she's very close to my husband now, too. And so she was extra special in being able to be there on our on our mandap hoppa she was there with us so we had a wedding that was very specific to us and you know at the reflecting on the weekend we just both my husband and i were like we never thought growing up that this type of wedding would happen for us you know we both I, we grew up with big Indian weddings, had so many cousins who've all had these beautiful weddings. And even when I'm there, even five years ago, I never thought that that would be something that I would have. That would be something that my family would come to and support and be there with open arms. And the fact that we had that, we, you know, we were surrounded by love and surrounded by family. Um, it was beyond my like wildest fantasies. <laughs> and we just felt very blessed to have a family and to have a community that came out and supported us and gave us every everything that we could have ever dreamed about and beyond. That's wonderful. It truly yeah. shows that love really just is love, right? And that's yeah. what we celebrate. <laughs> and um, I think that was the biggest takeaway that we heard from so many people that, you know, we just really felt your love. We just felt your story. We just felt your connection. And everything that you did was so individualized and personalized for you we just felt like we got to go on this ride with you and that was our goal we wanted to just share us and share that love with our closest family members and that's what made our wedding just so much more extra special how's your relationship with your siblings and family now you know now it's wonderful we have we have I mean, both my everyone in my family has gone on a journey and <laughs> a different journey mm-hmm. some easier some a lot harder um but I came out to them about 20 years ago now so it's been a while and we've had many many ups and downs in that process you know we're at for the last few years we're at a point where we're able to be open and honest with, with each other and they do they've done a lot of work to get to this point where they understand who I am, they understand what my relationship is with my husband, and they've come at it with just full love and support. The thing that I'll say is that there's just many stages to acceptance, right? So when when LGBT kids come out to their parents, we have been thinking about it for years. This has been on our mind for, you know, like I came out when I was 19 and I thought and I knew something was up when I was nine at least. You know, and but when I come to my parents, that's day one for them. They weren't thinking about this before. This is new for them. But we are so, I, I'm at that point, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm here. I'm ready to be out. I'm confident in who I am. Well, starting to be confident in who I am. 
and I have I'm, I have a 10 year head up. So I'm kind of like, come on, get with us, catch up. I want you to like love me and support me right now. And one thing I had to kind of learn in the process was, all right, give them some space, give them some time, let them educate themselves, let them go through their process that they need to go through, which is valid and it's important and let them get to a point where they can grow into this as well. The best thing that a parent can do is go on that journey with in earnest and, and, and for us to give them that space to do that. I do have one question. Mm-hmm. What um, got you to that confident level to say, with or without my parents, I'm gonna come out or with or without support? How did you get to that stage? You know, that's a great question because I don't think I was even at that stage when I came out, but it's just, I had a moment of, I'm going to do this right now. It just kind of happened for me. I wasn't planning on it happening when it did. Um, I was talking to one of my friends and we had just finished our freshman year of college and we were talking online. He was home for the summer and he had just told me he had come up to his mom or his parents that, that weekend. And I was so amazed at him. And, you know, my plan was, oh, I'll just do it later when I'm done with school and I can be financially secure and stable on my own and have my own career and whatever. But in that moment, it caught me and it happened. There's little just, there's little moments of getting to pry and getting to love yourself. But also, I wasn't there. Like, it, t- it took me 10 years probably after I came out to really love myself to really be proud of who i was to really love that i'm a gay man um and that's a journey that takes a long time for most people you know and that's something that we all have to do that work for ourselves a lot more than maybe our straight (laughs) peers and one thing that my husband and i both really talked about in our vows at our marriage was that how we thought our relationship with each other was so so much more meaningful and deep because we both had to do that work to love ourselves individually before we even met each other. And that's something that LGBT people have to do. And so because we put all that work into ourselves that when we met each other, we were solid and we were able to then focus that the rest of the energy on our relationship together. And I think that's what really binds me and my husband together but it's not easy it's not easy work and it takes a long time and it's ongoing and it's not over for me it's not over for my husband um but it's getting easier by the day and with the change in society too has made it a lot better yeah talking of bollywood that quick uh, insight here you know i don't know if neil you get to watch much but they are making more movies they're making Mm -hmm. more web series um highlighting gay relationships and i love that Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope they do it in the right way and it's in its in its educational and it brings a real true feeling of the couple and uh, or transgender or whoever they're trying to show. But I'm glad I'm really yeah. glad, you know, and I think a few years ago, there were some movies that brought in the, and, and traditionally throughout all different areas of cinema, there's the gay characters always like the joke or the, mm-hmm. you know, the villain and and we've luckily transitioned from that where we're now able to really portray the LGBT story in a much more humanized and nuanced light, which really highlights the struggle that so many of us face. And so I'm glad to see that that's start, finally starting to you know, okay. Okay. pervade yeah. itself into the Bollywood spectrum as well. 
Uh, a movie that really stuck with me a few years ago was Kapoor and Sons. I don't know if oh, anybody. Yes. Oh yes, my that favorite. Was a beautiful yes. movie. Yeah. Ooh, that was a that beautiful was film, and I thought it did such a great job of capturing yes. know, the the gay story of of the what matter. it takes for you know a son, a man in this Indian community to really come out and share that with his family and, and how difficult it is. And I just think having that representation in the South Asian community is just so important because we don't have that as much. It's you can turn on the TV here in LA and watch RuPaul's Drag Race and watch all sorts of things, but you don't see yourself as a brown man or brown anyone on that on that screen as much. And so we still need to have our own representation in our own community. And I'm glad that we're doing that. And I wanted to make another point about, you know, you're saying if people don't have anything nice to say, they don't say anything at all. My counter to that is also, if you do have something nice to say and you feel like you're an ally and you feel like you are an advocate, which you three women definitely are, um, you know, you still have a responsibility. You have to keep, keep pushing yourselves as well to, to be better and to keep educating yourselves. And, and not only loving the people around you, but also becoming an advocate for others. And in the, in the South Asian community, you know, our, we, we need our advocates, we need our elders, we need our community to go out and educate others. That's one thing that I'm so happy that I've been working on with my parents. You know, they've had a long journey over 20 years. And for so long, they've, they've, they've told me, you know, we're okay, we love you, we're okay with it, don't worry about it. You know, we love you, we love, we love your husband, everything's fine. And initially that was great to hear. And obviously it's, it's a wonderful thing that, to get that they're where they are. But the last few years, I've been pushing them further. I say, okay, great. I'm so glad that you love me, but now I want you to spread that elsewhere. I want you to take that to your community. I want you to be a leader in your community. You have lots of friends, you have, you know, they're both physicians and they're in their areas and they have a lot of clout and they they know a lot of people and like you need to be out and proud about this. You, you need to share the story of your two sons now who are married and you need to spread that word with others so they can also realize that this is just another normal thing. And in that become an advocate. And I'm really proud of my parents for getting to that point because they are, they're, they're, they've become people who other parents who are recently, you know, have, have children who have recently come out to them, they've become a visible presence, a visible ally for other people. So now that they're out in their community, people know, oh, I can go to those, those two people have a gay son. Maybe I should talk to them. Maybe I won't feel as alone as a parent as well. I'll have that support. And so if you're at a point where you're feeling like you're a strong ally, great. Now go be an advocate. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I never thought of that. And wow. you're absolutely right. You know, I was going to ask you, what are you doing to help people? I need to turn around and ask myself, what am I doing? Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much, Neil, for joining us on this episode. We hope we have taken a small step towards bringing awareness to such an important subject. Hope to have further conversations like this in the near future. Thank you listeners for joining us today on the podcast. Please send us your comments and suggestions for future episodes on Facebook, Instagram, or email us at chitchatandchai1 at gmail.com.
We end with the quote, when all humans are treated as equal, no matter who they are or whom they love, we are all more free. President Barack Obama. Till we meet again, remember life is not short. Life is unpredictable. So always, always strive to stay happy. And add a little spice to your life. And join us again for a little chit chat and chat.